1: just talking me do you think that you could repeat the question wow. and I listen more attentive did we
0: lose our video of the show open
1: there must have
0: been no it, it was, was up there to start oh, okay i
1: so
0: criticizing just wondering and no paul today something. All right, kids, this is the Paying Attention Podcast. Thank you very much for following us. Thank you for listening. I think our last count, Dave, our last count was about 47,000 downloads. Is that correct? Yeah, well, that's correct. So we get 47,000 people listening to the show on any given time. Uh, we appreciate that. We want you to share it with your friends. You can find us on uh, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spreaker, Podbean, and a whole bunch of other stuff that I don't know about Spotify, a whole bunch of other uh, platforms that I have no idea what it is. Um, Today, we've got a special show. Paul is not here today. We told him he could take the week off if he wanted to, uh, mostly because he complains he doesn't get enough airtime when he's my co-host. And I'm like, if i got a guest, you're going to get even less airtime. So, like, what's the point of even coming? Um, uh, We have a great guest today. He's somebody that I've talked about extensively on the show. He's somebody that we've written a little bit about. um, And, you know, I'm always looking for community heroes. And I I don't use the word hero... Uh, the way most people use the word hero, most people use the word hero for everything. Uh, to me, heroes are police officers and firefighters, people that run toward gunfire or fires when people are fleeing. But they're also community heroes, people who step up and do stuff while everybody else is just kind of looking the other way. People who see a major problem in their community or they see a major problem in society and they step up and they actually do something about it. And so my my guest today, and hopefully this is going to be a really educational show, hopefully our most educational show since we started back on podcast. Uh, is Michael Gorman. He is the head of a group of volunteers called TMF, the Movement Family. And um, what they did basically, you know, I drive through Lawrence all the time. We talk about the homeless issue. And um, I try to do what I can. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm no hero, trust me. Um, I try to do what I can. But I, I saw, you know, there's like 100 to 200 or more homeless people in Lawrence and you watch your local city council and they have meetings about it, and you look at the nonprofits in the area and they have meetings about it, but none of them are actually doing anything except having meetings and patting themselves on the back about how great they are. And um, I came I came across this guy I don't know maybe six months or so ago, uh, and I and I heard this young kid, and he was going down to the bus station in Lawrence and having and providing a family meal, for the homeless. And I'm sure he can explain it better, but the way I interpret it was. You know, the, the, these homeless people, they're mostly eating like fast food all day if they're eating at all. And at least once a week, they can get a family meal with like, you know, potatoes and, and, and vegetables and meat. And it's like a balanced meal. And um, I, I thought, you know, wow, this is, this is a guy that's actually doing something. Uh, the first time we showed up, I think there was like 20 people and they were thrilled. And they were like, wow, look, we get 20 people that we're feeding who are hungry, who are homeless." And as it started to grow, I think last night, well, I'll let him tell the story. Last night, it was, just, it was an overwhelming number. I, I, walked out, I walked out of that, could not believe what I was seeing. Um, so why don't we start with uh, Mike. Why don't you tell people who you are and tell people a little bit of what the Movement Family is and how you guys started it.
2: So first off, thank you for having me on this show. You're Definitely welcome. grateful to be here. Um, so TMF, it started back in 2011. I was actually an 18-year-old young kid. And um, I had this support system growing up. I had a mother and a father that were there for me. Um, But I had a bunch of friends that didn't have that support system and kind of chose the wrong path, so that hurt me inside. So we decided to start a support group for uh, kids, teenagers, and uh, young adults. It's kind of like an escape, Um, just a huge support system. So, you know, if they're feeling down, need someone to go to, they can always come to basically a second family, what I call it. So over the years, it's, um, it's come a long way. At first how how
0: long ago was this that you started? So it's
2: 2011. 11, okay. Yeah, so it's been uh, seven years, and the the um the process has been pretty amazing in my eyes to see. We only started with actually six TMF members, to so now over seven years, we've reached over 400. Wow. So it's been a... big escalation we actually have That's a big
0: meeting it is you can't get that you can't get that many people to lawrence city council meeting (laughs) right
2: no i hear you i hear you so basically the 400 we have about 100 110 active right now but 400 um total in the seven that's
0: good now why the why the movement family what 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 was behind the title of that
2: so it was i said the family this is like a family gathering and then i heard someone in the background um And he was like, you know, this is a movement, though. We're actually, you know, doing something. We're going forward. So we kind of put that together and came up with the movement family, and it's just been the name of us now for a while.
0: That's amazing. So um, you guys got together, and you started, like, you know, helping people through whatever their struggles were. How did you come up with the idea of going into Lawrence, a pretty dangerous city, at night, pretty dangerous, more dangerous at night, obviously, than during the day, to the bus station, which is also pretty dangerous. I'm down there a lot. Um, what made you guys want to go, like, right into the belly of the beast and start just, like, serving meals to people?
2: So TMF in general is is a very diverse family. You have different races, different ages, different backgrounds. TMF members, you know, there's a couple that don't have a father figure, some that just came out of jail, some that dropped out of school. And you have some girls who are going for their bachelor's degree in college. So it's a diverse family. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to basically open team members' eyes to what's out there in the world. So we kind of chose to concentrate on three different um, subjects, and that was homelessness, addiction, and prostitution. So we decided to hit the streets and basically just learn with our own eyes and build relationships. Um, the bus station, you know, it's funny. It's crazy how it even it's started. Cra-
0: crazy is a great word. I don't even speak. know how to like,
2: vase p- it blows my mind. We started with one table, Six chairs. Um, we went to Little Caesar's Pizza on Broadway and we bought two boxes of pizza. And it was just a small little six people the first night on a Wednesday at nine o'clock. And we went to about 9.45 And pizza is tough sometimes because you can grab your pizza and just walk away. Right. You know, yeah. but um, to see it escalate now, it started in April. We're now in July. To escalate to last night was our biggest total of 104 people. I was
0: blown away when you told me that. Yeah. I was looking at the crowd thinking, because I'm really bad at numbers, I'm thinking maybe we got like 80 people here, mm. maybe 75 people. When you came over and said 104, and you're probably low on that because there's probably some people that came and went and didn't sign in, right? Yeah, we
2: got stragglers that come in, you know. Yeah, that's amazing. You
0: guys fed 104 people last 104 night who people. were hungry on the streets of Lawrence.
2: Yeah,
0: and um, and and when I see people, when I see those homeless people, I'm familiar with a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of them by names. They, some of them hate each other, and sometimes I pull into the bus stop and there's a fist fight going on because they're killing each other over a bench, right? I've never once seen. Any conflict, not an argument, not a fist fight at this event where you've got 104 people that are homeless. A lot of them hate each other. A lot of them are in conflict. The minute. We that's leave. what's
2: amazing to me. You would think there would be some drama that yeah. would actually pop off at times. Whether you know two people who ripped each other off in the street who now, right. you know, come across each other at the bus station. But to think that we haven't had one situation in you know these 16, 17 weeks you've been out there is pretty, uh, pretty incredible.
0: One of the things that I think you said, maybe someone else said it. Maybe I'm giving the wrong person credit. One of the things that was said last night, and it's, I stuck in my head, and I said, I have to remember to use this. Um, they said, when you come here, there's no grudges. So whatever it is that you had before you got here to have your meal, there's no grudges once you get here. And I think, I think the homeless people who, some of them really don't have even respect for themselves, hmm. respect you and respect your group enough that when they get there... They do put that aside. It's harder for them because they're on the street every day. They're getting ripped off. They're getting, you know, in fights. They're getting stabbed or whatever. Ew. And then they get there and they see the person that they were just in conflict with and they're still not fighting with them. Mm. They're still just kind of staying away from them.
2: I think that's a tribute to what you guys are doing. Yeah, it's come, it's come a long way. You know, we li- we also live by uh, at that bus station, you know, we'll love, love you until you can love yourself again. Right. And, you know, we kind of get in a big circle and hold hands before we even eat the meal. So I think that's important. Just touch base on, you know, the rules of the bus station, you know, no using. Um, clean up after ourselves And then if you need to use the we've bathroom act- We've
0: actually got uh, the audio of that we want to run Can we run that, okay. Ed? I believe this, we is from can. La- this is from last
2: night This is Mike
0: last night Giving a little tough love to the people at the bus stop You know, it's come a long way as a family We've got to keep building together as a family Alright? Like, you can't ever to give up No matter what the situation
1: goes I don't care if you have 20 teams awesome 15 children And you're like, screw the world I can't get better has a story, we just don't know what it's about. It could be the person serving the food, or it could be the person that's on the event. We all have a story on everyone's life. You can do anything tonight, just be kind to someone. Ask if they're okay, ask if they need help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. That's the biggest thing, all right? I want all of us to grow together as brothers and sisters. There's also one thing I really want to do real quick. All of our fists in the air. All of us fists in the air, raise the high. Alright, right, let's all bow our head for a second. Bow our head. Man, she lost someone to the streets a few days ago and I'm sure most of us kind of know. Alright? Unfortunately, you know, she was close to a few people here. Yeah. And she was gone too soon. Yeah. Okay? Think of her for a moment. You know, we're all playing we're all the same battle. Alright? It could be addiction, it could be homelessness. But stick together. We live by quote here, no judgment zone. Love the addict. Okay? We're trying to work for resources both well become resources. Alright? So let's
0: say on three to say family. One, two, three, family. quick. That's amazing, man. That's amazing what you're doing. And thank it's you, amazing. Thank you. And what's interesting is that, you know, you can't get a hundred people together and get up and say, Hey, I want to make an announcement and have everybody shut up. I don't care where you go. City council meeting, neighborhood meeting, out in the park. You know, whenever whenever there's a group of people and somebody's up talking or presenting, even at a play or a movie, there's always people talking, right? Mm. And I'm watching these people because I'm in the background yep. and, and I'm watching them, and, and they're intently listening to what you have to say. They have a tremendous amount of respect for what you have to say.
2: That means, that means a lot. Um, you know, I just, I just want us, we're all together. You know, we all hold hands in that circle and you have a TMF member, maybe someone from the community homeless, TMF member homeless. So I just want each other to learn each other's stories. So it's a win-win situation. You have right. a TMF member who's trying to grow who's building a relationship with a homeless person. So it's just, you know, you can't get any better than that, seeing both two different types of people growing together and learning mm-hmm. learning each other's story. I think uh, the biggest thing I want to touch to people out there that follow Tom is, uh, you know, it's not just a dinner. Um, I didn't want to just be another soup kitchen in Lawrence. I didn't want to be a Karunum, a Bread and Roses. I wanted it to be more than that, so I wanted the life aspect to it. So that's why after they eat that dinner on that long table, they can choose to what table they want to go to so we have a resources table if you're thinking about going to detox a donations table a board games table which is actually really funny you guys might laugh but you know you got the homeless playing connect four you know right. 45s on um, candy land which you know i'm been playing since they were six years old right. so that's funny then you also have a prayer table where a ch- one church a week comes in and kind of says an individual prayer because we don't we decide not to uh, force church on anybody. Sure. But if they want that, that's available for them. And then there's also a one-on-one table. If you need someone to talk to, you feeling down, you can also go to that table as well, which then builds the life aspect into them. Like wow, this is deeper than a dinner. Mm-hmm. It's more of like you know, I don't know how to put it in words. Just a, a growing aspect for that individual. You know, make them choose where they want to go for the night.
0: One of the things I, I noticed that you said is is you try to encourage, especially the volunteers or the other homeless people to talk to each other, Mm. find out their story, uh, make a personal connection with them. And I think that's one of the reasons I got involved is I was trying to help a homeless veteran. And when I heard his story, I was just, I was blown away. This guy was like a veteran. He served his country and he's out here on the streets and he was addicted to heroin. And the more I learned about his story, the more I wanted to help the guy. And so you're out there and you're encouraging your your, uh, volunteers, but also the other homeless people to help each other. And we're starting to see that. I told you the story about when I first ran into Ralph. Ralph's one of our homeless guys. It's kind of quite a character.
2: Oh, yeah, Ralph. Yeah, I love him. I pulled, up to the bu-
0: I pulled up to the bus stop. I had a bunch of socks that someone had donated, and there were five guys on a bench. And I said, does anybody need socks? And usually they come running, but they all just kind of sat there. I'm like, mm-hmm. do you guys understand English? Like, maybe, I, maybe they didn't understand me. Yeah. And Ralph goes, yeah, I got you. I, we hear you. I said, well, do you, need, do you need socks? I got socks for you. He said, yeah, okay, I'll take some socks. So he came over, and I gave him, like, five pairs of socks. Mm. And he walked back over to the bench and gave one to each of the people on the bench who, who were
2: afraid to speak up. And that's huge, that's huge. And I
0: saw that and I went, you know what? That's the kind of guy I want to work one-on-one with. That's, the, that's one of the guys that I want to help. So I've been, to, I've been trying to work with Ralph. But you inspire that because you've now got 104 people and next week it might even be more mm. where you're trying to encourage them to do that, to help each other out on the street and having each other as a support network is, is tremendously helpful, right? If, you, if you're just alone and you're out there, I mean, that's the feeling of being alone itself when you're on the streets is bad enough, right, mm. with all the other problems. But if there's somebody out there that's out trying to help you, I think that's huge.
2: Yeah, definitely. No, it's true. So you do also do a lot of other stuff. You're trying to help people
0: get into detox.
2: So that's the other thing. I don't want it to be like, I tell everybody, I don't want it to be like a, a pat on the back. You know, see you next Wednesday, uh, right. you know, at the dinner. I want to I get people off these streets. That's that's the frosting on the cake right there. So that's, you
0: have a goal. You're not just out there to feed people and go home like a lot of people. like no. They want to feel
2: good about themselves.
0: They go out and they feed a homeless person and they go home. You're looking to make a big, you're looking to make a long-term change.
2: We call it the journey and trust the process. We, you know we've built what we have right now. We've come a long way from those six people. You know, I we mean, you've come a
0: long way in the last five weeks. Yeah,
2: so we have, you know, the, those tables now, those life tables. We have the dinner. You know, we have different combinations of people there. But now, you know, the initial goal is we want to get these beautiful souls who are in a dark place in their lives, you know, whatever. They made a bad choice, you know, grew up in a tough environment. Get them out of there. That's the goal. So, the, you know, we're trying to work with maybe programs out there that be, you know, willing to maybe, whether it's, you know, save a few beds on a Wednesday night, you know, maybe a... Whether it's an Uber, be able to get them to a program, something. But, I, you know, it hurts to see those. You know, there's some great people out there.
0: And there's no judgment. I, I see people out there that have just gotten out of prison mm. for some pretty heavy stuff, yep. right? Uh, people who are, who are addicted, people who have warrants. And and there's no judgment. It's, you know, we're here to help. And we don't care who you are or, or what your background is or what you've done prior to walking here. Correct. But, but once you get here, we're here to help you. Mm-hmm. And have you had a lot of help from... Uh, other organizations, are there nonprofits that have reached out to you? Are there people uh, in the community that have reached out to you and said, you know, look, we want to help and, and be able to help provide a service and help you guys grow a little bit?
2: Yeah, so um, I wish I could thank, you know, there's so many beautiful people out there and beautiful souls. You know, sometimes we always hear about the negative things, you know, in society today, but, you know, just, you know, your following, you know, I want to give a big shout out to, you know, Sam Salib, who, you know, actually in his truck all the time brings the food, um, Dean Bruder from Methuen Public Schools, who's a drug and alcohol counselor, who comes there, you know, frequently every every Wednesday. You know, we've had some following of yours that actually show up and you know, give snacks, give waters. I know Sharon, she's a Sharon's she's great. a follower of you, and she's um she's been great to us. You know, she's actually going picking up donations at different locations for us, and uh, different families, North Andover, Andover, um, Haverhill. And the, a couple different, you know, we've had pizza shops that have donated. Mm-hmm. So it's just, um, I'm just so grateful about the kindness, you know, for me, for TMF. I can't, I can't put into words, you know, the amount of kindness we've received from the community.
0: Tell me a little bit about you. What, what made you want to do this? There's a lot of young people your age that are out there, and they're concerned about themselves, their future, um, you know, getting a job, having a career, getting married, whatever it is that they want to do with their lives and and you've really made this your life mission you like this is something you took on and it's become your life mission so tell us a little bit about you like what what made you want to step forward and do something like this when you could be out like making a boatload of money somewhere doing mm-hmm. something, you know?
2: Like I had that support system. That was number one. Number two, it was the curiosity. I was 18 years old. I was just a young kid and I wanted to learn about, you know, why someone started using drugs, why a woman started prostituting on the corner to get her next, next bag of heroin, you know, why someone became homeless. So when I was 18 years old, me and a few TMF members, the older ones, we decided to study the streets of Lawrence for a year with one notebook, no interactions. So every alleyway, under every single bridge, every park, we check them off, different locations. What are the hot spots? What are the times when there's a big crowd there? You know, what are they doing, they're using, etc. And after that year, we decided to do an index card approach. So what we did, instead of talking to them, giving them a goodie bag and food and visiting them every time on an index card, we made a bunch of them. Believe in yourself, never give up, don't lose the hope, and we decided to, you know, was four corners on Broadway that are sometimes hot. And that's uh, Tremont Street, Cedar, Bradford, and Green Street. And we'd pull up to that corner for a woman who was, you know, selling her body to support their habit. Give them an index card, a homeless person. Instantly, they read that index card, their eyes become watery. They're, like, surprised. What are these random young 18-year-olds right. stopping to give me an index card? Says Believe in yourself. Get them out of here. You know, but then when they see these four people, five people coming on a consistent basis during the week, you know, trying to learn their stories. Like, they think, saying, well, why do you care about me? Right. So we would take, we would get donations when I was 18 for McDonald's, gift cards, Dunkin's. So we'd go to the, and we'd get the homeless person. Do you want to walk to Essex and Broadway Street to McDonald's right there? Get a sandwich. Mm-hmm. We would use that opportunity while we eat to learn their story. Right. And then a lot of these women homeless people actually had warrants for their arrest. Whether it's sex for a fee, possession, distribution. And we would actually visit them in jail. So Framingham Women's Prison, Middleton Jail, Barrica House of Corrections, Woman in Transition in Salisbury. And we would build with them while they're in jail and write, with, write to them on a consistent basis to stay with them throughout that whole entire journey. So when they get out, maybe we can basically find resources or get re-in-touch with family to get you back on your two feet again. It was the process. I didn't want to. There's so many amazing people out there that drop off the clothes, drop off the goodie bags. Mm-hmm but I wanted to make it a journey sure. and we've been successful in actually getting people, you know, off these streets.
0: You weren't nervous going to like three months. Oh, Street my mom had a the... heart attack. Oh, I bet thing. she did. I bet she did. Yeah.
2: Um, my mom, she was definitely uh, cautious. You know, you got to be careful. You know, Lawrence, it can be tough at times. You know, she was born in Lawrence, you know, she grew up in Lawrence, but she knows that, you know, it's a city that can be difficult at times. And uh, so it was you're, always you're
0: candy coating it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a dangerous
2: place. You know, so I was always, I always had to be cautious. Um, But those individuals, when I was 18 years old, a chunk of them actually did pass away. So I actually do what I do now also in memory of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I'm so grateful. I thank them for making me look at life in a different way. They changed my perspective on life. Sure. Made me feel 100% more grateful to this day. People think they understand what's going on in the street by watching the news, reading the newspaper. They
0: have no clue until they're out there. They have Mm. no idea. Even, like, when I'm doing Facebook Lives, what I try to do is just show people what's real. And even the people who follow me think that they really understand what's what's going on out there. And it's really still only a sliver of it because, you know, when you're the guy who's actually on the street behind the camera and you hear the gunshot, Mm. you know, it's it's a scary thing. Oh, I bet, I bet. Yeah. Yep,
2: definitely. Seeing so, it with your own two eyes is definitely different.
0: Yeah. So, you talked last night about someone who passed away. Yes. And I kind of missed the audio on that. Can you talk a little about the person that passed away and what yes. you said last night? So,
2: me per- I personally didn't know her too, too well. But there was a little um, article in the newspaper, and there was also quite a few people at the bus station. Everyone that was homeless knew the individual, quite a few TMF what members was her name? did. Um, don't know the full name exactly. I know his female name, Elaine, was very close to her. She could probably give you some information as well as the homeless people. I know she was African-American woman who was actually. Is this the
0: woman that they found over by House of Mercy? Correct. Of okay, yep. all right. So you I definitely want to wanna just take
2: a moment of silence for her because, you know, at the end of the day, she was on the street as well. She actually didn't come to the dinners, but since everyone knows her, why not, right. you, know, you know, take a moment for someone who was still in the same shoes as everyone here. Right. You know, so I think that was important for us as well.
0: We found that the opioid crisis, in my experience, is what has caused almost every single homeless person that I talk to, says that they were regular functioning members of society. They started using opioids. Things fell apart. We talked to a couple that was there last night. State came and took their kids because someone found out they were using. Mm. Um, As soon as the landlord found out that their kids got taken away because they were using, they threw them out. And now they're on the street. And the guy lost his job. And he, he's married, he's got, and they're young people, they're in their early 20s. Mm. And, and I'm listening to their story, and I'm thinking this is no different than just about any other story that I've heard. These are people who were functioning members of society, they paid rent and had jobs and lived regular lives like the rest of us, and then they got addicted, mm. and the whole world crashed. And um, the, the, the opioid crisis seems to be at the, at the underlying cause. Of almost every homeless person that we're talking to, well, you know, there's some exceptions, mm. but for the most part. So, what is it that what is it that we can do to educate people, and what is it we can do to help when it comes to this opioid crisis?
2: It's such an epidemic right now. It's insane yeah. how many, how far spread across the country it is. You know, it used to just be heroin. Now it's fentanyl, which is so much more potent. You know, right. you are seeing the overdoses, which I think I would be so curious to know. You know, what the overdoses are actually in Lawrence are, but um, you know first of all we just have to have a mindset number one before we even go to resources is you have to look at these people like they're people number one number two is that quote i live by as many people in tmf love the attic, hate the addiction right you know it's a substance that has taken over their body you know you go online all the time these days you know it's a choice you know screw them You know, blah blah you know yeah i was one of them by the way i was one of those people that said listen Maybe it's not their choice to
0: be addicted now because they're addicted, but they took the choice to take the drugs in the first place. They knew it was addictive. They knew it was destructive. Most of them were on the streets because they stole first prescriptions from their family mm-hmm. and they started selling, stealing trinkets from their family to sell for drugs and they were stealing checks out of their mother's checkbook to you know, write forged checks to get drugs. So it's really their own fault. And like, what, why, sh- why should we you know, spend all of this time, money, effort, and energy and resources for someone who's that selfish that screwed their own family? Until I started, you know, talking to them, that first that one home, first homeless veteran, and then you start to see these people, and they're holding a sign saying, you know, money for food. And like, how do you not, first of all, never
2: give them money, right? Yeah, use I always tell use everyone. Drugs. Because I get that question a lot. I'm yeah. sure you do, too. Like, and I'm yeah. give a few bucks, give them like 10 bucks the other no, day. No, don't give any money, never, never give know. them money. Yeah. But,
0: but I'm looking at it going, like, how do, how do you not, how do you not go through the drive through at McDonald's and just get them a hamburger? Like, mm. there's, some, there's a fellow human being, whatever the reason that they're out there, and they're hungry... Or worse, in the wintertime, you see these people at the bus stop, and they're shivering. Like, I went home, and I got, like, every blanket I had, including, including the one on my bed, and went back. because It's like, I've been there. Like, I get it. Yeah. And it's cold. And they're at a bus stop. And I don't understand how people can continue to drive by them
2: and not want to do something, just pretend that it doesn't exist. Of course, yeah. We go buy them all the time. It's the little things in life, you know, a blanket, a sandwich, a drink, you know, like an index card, you know, a, a handwritten letter to someone that you see all the time on that same corner or Water Street and Broadway. You know, it could be anything that could change someone's mindset for that moment. Like, mm-hmm. wow, like, maybe I should give it a try again. I know I've been to 20 detoxes already. Right. That little index card I just got right now, believe in yourself. Why not give it another try? Next right. thing you know, that could be the the chance that, you know, I counselor at the detox maybe changes their perspective and they try a long-term residential. You know, us as people just have to, to come together. And all these, you know, different programs and communities, I do hear, we hear like a lot of the talks, a lot of the meetings and, you know, what we can do better to make the change. I just feel like it's the doing it that's the most right. important though. We well, that,
0: actually- that's what turned me on to you because I, I'm, I'm a big believer in being a doer mm. and I watch all of these people, you know, and I see all these stories in the paper and I, I go to all these government meetings and all these neighborhood meetings. And all they do is have meetings. Like, they have meetings. That's what they do. Mm. So, like, when I join any civic organization, like I recently joined the Lawrence Lions Club, and I said, listen, you guys want me to join, you've asked me to join, I'll join on one condition. For every four meetings we have, we've got to go out and do something or I'm out. Oh, that's cool. And Thank so, like, the fir- like, we were on our fifth meeting, my fifth meeting at the Lawrence Lions Club, and I said, listen, we're on our fifth meeting. I looked at my watch, my pretend watch, <laughs> and I said, you know, we're on our fifth meeting, and uh, we haven't done anything. I think this is probably my last meeting. And they said, well, what do you want to do? I said, why don't we just go over to Daybreak and do some eye screening. The Lawrence Lions uh, Lions Club in general does eye screening for poor people and and gives them like get some free glasses. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, It helps them with free glasses. There's actually like an eye research center in Boston. If they need like cataract surgery, they'll pay for it. Mm. Um, So they did. They went to the Daybreak homeless shelter and like screened these people and they found a couple people that needed glasses and helped them get it. Um, And then I see a guy like you who's not having meetings. Well, you're probably having meetings, but you're not publicizing it, Mm. right? but you're actually going out and you're doing it. And that's kind of what made me want to gravitate toward what you were doing because I drive by the bus station and I see a bunch of people in there. I'm like, what the hell is that going on? You know, I called the mayor's office. I'm like, let's put a stop to this. I don't know what they're doing in there, but it can't be good. They're up to no good over there. So funny. And then I found out what you were actually doing, and I was like, wow, like here's a guy who's not like 40 years old, doesn't have a lot of experience in life, and he's a young kid, and he's actually out there doing something,
2: mm. you know, so many anyway. Yeah, so it's um, and also thankful Take to, like, the notes. city in general just for not, you know, shutting us down. Because I was nervous at first. You know, you see a huge crowd of people, a lot of homeless people. There was a lot
0: of talk about shutting you down. You
2: know, and I actually, you know, had a meeting with the homeless coordinator because he's getting, you know, complaints about uh, what's going on.
0: That's, a, that's uh, Nelly, you know? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Good so actually, guy.
2: He is. He is very kind. And he has a lot on his shoulders as well, you know, from all over different places. People give him a hard time, too. A lot of credit for him for, you know, sitting down with me one-on-one asking, you know, What's going on? What are you guys doing? And then kind of, you know, really supporting us and having our back, you know, just to make sure that it's, you know, continuously being run. And he actually checks in with me on a weekly basis just to ask how the dinner's going. That's good. So just a big shout out to him for his being so kind in an effort to, you know, keep us going as a family. One of the
0: mayor's concerns, and I've talked to the mayor about this a number of times, he's not real big on helping the homeless, right? Mm. Uh, because his big concern is the more services you provide to the homeless in Lawrence,
2: the more, the more you expect. attract
0: homeless people from the surrounding communities into Lawrence, which exacerbates
2: Lawrence's mm. problem. How do you combat that? No, I hear you. I, wait,
0: wait! I asked you something you couldn't answer. Wait, well, <laughs> write this down.
2: No, I'm just. Did the? I'm not even sure like how much the mayor even knew about the bus station. Honestly, I'm not sure if he even did. But um, I don't know. It, it's it's just tough in an aspect with like you know. I hear that all the time. You're bringing more people to Lawrence in general. You know, it's just more problems. You get a lot of people from New Hampshire, like different surrounding communities, not even from Lawrence. Um. You know, unfortunately, Lawrence just has a big opioid problem in general. You know, there is a lot of opiates in Lawrence. You know, you sometimes, you know, see a main license plate in New Hampshire. You're going to automatically think, you know, they're here for the wrong reasons. Right. Um, and usually they are. Yeah. It's all, I would think most of the time they are. Yeah. You know, it's it's random. You see them, especially in these, you know, compacted little communities as well. But, um, you know, we take what we get. And, you know, I just feel like they're j- we have to just think in a different way. That's why I think like even like an Uber driver for the – I'm at the bus station at night, and I'm having people that actually want to go to detox. Yeah, like right now. They just don't know what the hell to go. And you've got to get them while they're
0: saying yes right now it, because in 20 minutes, they may be jonesing, and they may say, no, exactly. never forget it. I'm not going.
2: To be real with you, I think there might be five people every Wednesday night that want to just go because I have people that sleep under the Green Bridge, the Broadway Bridge, the Waterfall Bridge, you know, where they try to not make it bring in too many tents because they'll get thrown out. Right. But they're just ready to go, but, like, maybe don't speak English, don't have family, don't know, you know— don't think there's just not enough options or don't know where to go so if we're having them all even in like this big space like why not provide like a transportation someone to directly bring them to a program i just feel like we can maybe just think outside the box in a little way
0: i was talking to lane last night yep. and she said she's looking for volunteer uber drivers hmm. that can show up on wednesday night so if someone says yes we can get them there right away
2: yeah we talk but you also
0: them. have to like i mean you can't just show up at, at spectrum and say oh here's a guy
2: uh, please admit him right you've got to piece. try and
0: find a way to get them in yeah um, so there's, there's, there's a lot of smart people, though, I've noticed, um, that are trying to find ways to help what you're doing mm-hmm. and to kind of piggyback on what you're doing, bring it to the next level. Um, I had someone ask me on Facebook last night after, after the live. Um, you know why don't why don't they have applications for housing for transitional housing? Why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? And I was like, well, why don't you come down? Why don't you go those find ideas, those applications? Those ideas bring help, them down? Though, yeah. You know
2: them to just even be able to watch your live, which brings more people to see what's going on, mm-hmm. which is huge. Um, those ideas help. Yeah. You know, but they should definitely you know maybe just reach out to. you. We should do this or even show up at the bus station. You know, everyone's a family. Everyone's welcome. You know, but those ideas go a long way. It has to be not one person doing it. Right. Different minds together, working together, it, it makes a big difference.
0: I had some people ask me last night, um, how do you know that there aren't people who aren't homeless, who maybe have a place to live, but they're just looking for a free meal. They come down mm-hmm. just, to, just to eat for free. You know, they, can, they can probably afford to go buy food, Yeah. but they're coming down and exploiting. Like Now, I haven't, I haven't experienced that. I haven't seen that. I think most of the people I see out there on so. wednesday nights are people that i know are on the streets mm-hmm. but as you grow and you get bigger you had 104 people last night like 50 percent of those people i've never seen before mm. so i thought it was an interesting question how, how do you combat that have you have you thought about that have you kind of ruminated like how you how you combat that
2: yeah for that 104 number um that's actually included with the tmf people as well okay. the members right. we do include that number um because we don't just judge the homeless person as like just 104 homeless when we say that number we are including the tmf members as well um as far um on the same boat as you are i kind of actually know who's homeless and who's not there with the face just by being in the city all the time right but um you know yeah you could run into a situation because there there's a new phase every wednesday i honestly don't know of and they're just like oh this guy's from this section of the city or he just showed up here from so and so you know we just take him in you know and just uh see what we can work with all right we're gonna take a quick break ed
0: (coughs) excuse me And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the opioid crisis. We're going to give you some numbers about homelessness. We are sitting with Michael Gorman. He is the head of a group, a movement called TMF, the Movement Family. They are feeding homeless people in Lawrence on Wednesday night, but they're doing it a whole lot more. And by the way, they could use your help. And if you want to reach out to me, I'll be more than happy if you want to send me an email or an instant message on Facebook or something. um, I'll be more than happy to steer you in the direction of, uh, of Michael and his group. We're also talking about doing a, uh, a food and clothing drive for the homeless at the North End of a Farmer's Market. We're working with Philly College Arrow, uh, to try and find a way to uh, kind of bring everybody together, you know, bring the, bring the network together all in one place and see if we can not help out. We'll be back after this on Paying Attention. a and Auto Body. We got our friend Angelo over there. Angelo Memolo over there. He does great work on your car. So, if you got a ding in your car, somebody hits you, you got a mechanical problem, you bring it to A&M Auto. He's on South Broadway in Lawrence on Inman Street. Angel will take care of you. Um, so, what's the address there? 341 Three, South Broadway, Lawrence, Massachusetts. Then we got Joe Zingales, Rosanna Zingales Lopez from Century 21. They have been with us from the very first edition of The Valley Patriot, they've been with us from the very first paying attention show which was in 1999, back when he was REMAX. He's not REMAX anymore. Now he's Century 21, Teams and Gallas. And they sponsor our bash. They gave a $1,000 scholarship this year. They gave a $2,000 scholarship last year. And that money comes right out of their pocket. That's not like they're collecting money from other people and just using it like I do. They actually took money out of their pocket. So I don't know why these guys love me so much. I really don't. But Twin Lights, let me tell you how, how dedicated I am to helping my sponsors. The guys at Twin Light Security needed an extra security guy to do private investigations and to do security for a certain thing in Boston. And they posted it on my page and asked if it was okay if they could use my page to solicit hiring people. And I said, you know what? As busy as I am, these guys sponsor the show. They sponsor the Valley Patriot. They give us $1,000 for the bash. I'm going to go work for these guys. So I called up Pat McLaughlin and I said, look, you help us every single time we need something. Whenever I put out a call, you're there. If you need an extra person and you're short, I'll take the night off and I'll come work for you. And so I I have been. I've been doing some work for them because they're helping us. And so there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to find a way to help them in the meantime. So if you need security or if you're getting divorced and you need a private investigator, if you have a business and you need a private investigator or security, uh, you want to call Twin Lights Security. They're based out of Gloucester, but they're very local. If while I'm driving around Lawrence, I get shot and killed, make sure you get my body to Perez Funeral Home because we do business with the people who do business with us. And he's on South Broadway. With the, it's the old Scott Funeral Home. If, you were, if you're an old-time Lawrence resident, it's the old Scott Funeral Home on, on South Broadway. Perez Funeral Home at 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. Um, you can, they do crematory services. They do all the stuff that they're supposed to do, right? And uh, Mike's a, a big fan of the show. He follows us when we go live. He's an advertiser now in the print edition of the paper, and he's now sponsoring this program. Perez Funeral Home and Crematory Services, 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. We appreciate him. Uh, Franklin Veloz from Veloz Auto Group. Uh, He specializes in people that have uh, maybe bad credit, no credit. Maybe you haven't had a job for a long period of time, so you don't think that maybe you qualify for a car loan. Usually, you know, they want you to have a job for a year or more. Uh, he specializes in getting people who have bad credit or no credit or maybe spotty credit, uh, getting them into a used car. He used to work for Charlie Dare's Commonwealth Motors for a long, long time, so he knows his stuff. I think he was a credit manager over there or something. So he knows what he's doing, and um, and he follows us live, too. I really appreciate that he does. Every time I see him pop on, I'm very excited about it. And I was there yesterday to deliver his newspaper, and he said he's already had customers come in from us talking about him on this show. So we appreciate Veloz Auto Group. Go see Franklin. He's at 17 Mass Ave. It's right at the very beginning of Mass Ave on the Lawrence North Andover line. <laughs> I need a cough button. We are back on paying attention. No Paul today. We gave him the day off because we had a guest and I knew we'd be complaining about getting airtime. Of course, next week he'll come in and say, that's not true, but we all know that it is. Um, in the studio with me today, here high atop... <laughs> Two Guys Smoke Shop at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe uh, in the Paying Attention Studio is Michael Gorman. He is the head of a volunteer group called The Movement Family. Uh, It's not really a group. It really is kind of a movement. Um, They started off by uh, serving food to like six people at the bus stop in Lawrence, and it's grown exponentially. And now they're looking at helping people get into detox. They're looking at helping people get uh, spiritual guidance if they want it without forcing it on them. Uh, he's doing an awful lot of great things. He and his volunteers, Sam and a whole bunch of people, are doing an awful lot of things to try and make a difference. And I always say, don't follow the national politics. Don't don't uh, waste your time with trying to fix things at a national level. The best way to make a difference is to do it in your own community, to do it one-on-one. Uh, you know, I, I always tell people when they do like these uh, benefits for Haiti or something, don't ever give money to those people. Find someone locally who's Haitian that might have a family in Haiti that needs help and, and help them. Mm. And Mike has kind of taken that to a whole new level uh, here at the local level. And I'm looking at some of these uh, statistics. Uh, opioid-related deaths in Massachusetts, January 2000 to January 2016. 2016, there were 2,107 people who died of opioid deaths. It's crazy. And that, that's like 2,100 people who are no longer here, mm. who, I mean, 2,100 families that are grieving, uh, regardless of the reason that their family member is dead, somebody loved them, somebody cared about them. And that's, that's pretty scary stuff.
2: It is. Lost their battle And so it I don't
0: know you. what the full answer is, but I know that part of the answer is what you guys are doing. Mm. And that's at the local level, trying to combat it in your own backyard. And so I commend you guys for, uh, for doing a lot of that. Uh, you had some other stuff that you wanted to talk to you about the movement family and what you guys do.
2: Yeah, so there was actually this other... Um, I love this aspect. Um, I think, you know, summer, uh, you get a ton of homeless people during the summer, they come from all over. During the winter, that's my, like, probably favorite. You know, you got the two degree weather, it's snowing and you still see somebody out there that must, it definitely hurts my heart in general. So what we decided to do as TMF, the Movement family, is we decided to do a Christmas on the streets. So oh, it's wow. basically December 18th to December 25th wow. every year. So we've been doing that for a few years. So we do, we go to um, Dollar Tree over Essex Street, the plaza over there, mm-hmm. and we um, get a bunch of Christmas trees. And we go under every single bridge. Like real
0: big Christmas trees, like real ones or little ones? The
2: fake ones, they're they're pretty, they're good size though. Okay. They're a decent size. And um, we usually do the little tiny ones. Yeah, the little yeah. Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Right. But um, now we're a good size. Um, so we would go under the Green Bridge, the Jackson Street Bridge, that most people actually don't know about. Um, the Middle Bridge, the Waterfall Bridge. And we put those Christmas trees under every single bridge. What we decided to do is buy ornaments so with every homeless person we would give them an ornament and we tell them to basically write someone you lost to addiction or to someone you miss and we decorate that tree together wow. and then when it comes christmas morning before we have christmas with our own families you know christmas is a big holiday a lot of you know you spend a time with family going to a christmas sure. party so as tmf we decided so we're going to spend christmas morning with the homeless before our own families so we'll gather a bunch of presents. We'll go to Dunkin's, get the hot chocolate, and we'll actually open presents together um, under the under the bridge. Um, have the hot chocolate and play board games for a little while in freezing weather. You're
0: big on board games, aren't you? Uh, yeah,
2: I, I like the laughter. Trying to like think of like a different way. So it's uh, it get, it gets intense sometimes right. too. Like playing dominoes. Um, well, I think
0: most people when they think of board games, they think of like when they were a kid, yeah. right? That was like the one on one time they had with their parents playing Candy
2: Land, whatever, uh, playing board games. Shoots so and ladders. You got like you're, you're bringing back games that right, they yeah. had in their childhood so you don't play that in like the last 30 years you know you're having a blast when someone's winning a board game I see a homeless person jump up and down in joy right. it, it goes a long I heard loop.
0: yelling the first time I went to the movement <laughs> family dinner and I heard screaming down at the other end. and I thought someone was in trouble so I went and I ran but it was because someone lost a Jenga <laughs> and I was like wait a minute hold on I thought <laughs> someone do, was in trouble they, over here I'm, do I'm do reaching for Jenga. my piece going
2: what's going on? Oh and man, They do got the Jenga going on too so that's on um, Christmas morning and um, I, l- I love it though you know we really put in a lot of work. Um, it's different this day and age now just because um you know the city of Lawrence actually booted everyone from the bridge. Yeah, that was my. So fault. this past, <laughs> this past um excuse me this past um. Christmas was a little different with the Christmas under the bridges. So we actually went to the railroad tracks behind, like, West Street Park, mm-hmm. put a Christmas tree over there. Dude, you are a brave human being because I've, I've been to every
0: corner of Lawrence. I won't go there. Yeah, that's a tough one. Behind listen, the park with a railroad trail. Yeah, yeah right listen, I, I carry a piece. I got a bulletproof vest, and I still won't go there. Yeah,
2: that's Because that's, that's, like, tough the stuff.
0: heart of gang territory. That's, like, really serious stuff. Like, people die, and people get shot. People get per. We we had two last year people who were shot up. Some, rather than shooting the person, hmm. they just went over and they shot them up with bad with with bad heroin, bad fentanyl, and killed them that way. It's still under investigation. That's a really Seriously it's A, a really it is. And so for you, To hear that
2: you went there mm. And I'm a pretty brave guy I won't even go there No It's, it's true it's, It is It's definitely a different atmosphere Behind those railroad It's just away from the public Yeah Which is like Kind of makes it You know diff- Scary in a, in a way So those were that was kind of This past Christmas and Cops couple. don't
0: go there Unless they have backup mm. Like the cops won't go there Unless they have backup Definitely That's, that's scary stuff And I, I give you a lot of credit and Especially since you're still with us Right yeah. That you <laughs> went there And you survived it <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was just so I was so shocked when you said no. you went behind you went behind West Street Park. It's There's like- been
2: some spots over the years. Um, they used to actually have behind McDonald's that little taxi parking lot right yep. there. You see the abandoned taxis. They actually have uh, trailers back in the day, mm-hmm. and people would actually sleep under those trailers with mattresses, mm-hmm. which then they kind of took people out of there as well. Now that Lowell Street Bridge back back there as well. So those were kind of our spots with the trees. So that's like Christmas on the streets. You know, we've come a long way with that. It's probably their favorite. The team have loved that time of year, right. having a blast.
0: That's yeah. an amazing thing that you do, and I can't believe that I'd never heard of that before now.
2: Yeah, a lot of our stuff has been behind the scenes. You know, we haven't always been trying to look for the glory of the press. We, right. You know, what's found us, you know, with some of the stuff we've been doing. But we just wanted to – It was just been. it was just a huge learning experience for us. At least TMF members, you know, they come from a tough background too. A lot of them, but to see them smiling and doing what they're doing, it makes them good about feel good about themselves.
0: So it must be easier too when you're dealing with a population that's homeless and maybe addicted, to have volunteers who have been there, yeah. Rather than you know some white kid from Andover that really has no clue what they're mm-hmm. going through, trying to help them out. Uh, they must be able to. You must see that, that there's a connection there that 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 they're actually able to make some kind of a difference with them. Maybe they're able to maybe you know. Uh, get a message across to them.
2: No, of course. We always try to, like, think outside the box. Um, one of my favorite people I met that were on the street, her name was Chachi. And he met her on the corner of Tremont Street in Broadway. And uh, like I told you before in the show, you know, we took that McDonald's gift card, met with her at McDonald's, and actually asked, you know, how long you've been homeless for. And she said seven years. Wow. Um, i actually from Chicago. I met a boyfriend who was dealing drugs, went to Boston. I found my way to Lawrence. I've been in Lawrence for the last seven years, haven't seen my kid. You know, so she ended up getting arrested, went to Framingham Women's Prison. We'd visit her weekly over there. So she was actually, it was a small charge, getting out in six months. So now this woman has one sober older man, you know, that was hanging out in Lawrence, who was actually a good support system. So this whole time, she's getting out of the court system. So we're trying to think of, like, a TMF meeting. How can we make sure she goes that way and not back to Broadway? Right. So we're over here, a construction paper, writing down. We There's a mailbox right outside the courthouse right there. So we posted a construction paper Take right, keep going. So, the, <laughs> so every telephone pole we're actually directing this woman that's leaving the courthouse who's homeless about where to go to back Dude, to the house. Dude, you're a genius.
0: You're a genius. Like thinking
2: outside the box like that. That's that's. It's different. So we must look like idiots, right? Like, no, I mean, <laughs> but you might feel that way. But I mean, if it works, she right? made it to the house. So right. She called me from the house and said I made it to the house. Um, long story short, she ended up getting an abscess on her arm. Went to Shattuck Hospital. Um, I asked her mom when was I asked. Is there any family member I could reach out to? She gave me her mom's name, reached out to her on Facebook. This is when Chachi was actually in prison before the hospital. So there's no pen and paper at Framingham Women's Prison. So I'm actually driving back home, look up her mom's name on Facebook, find her name, send her a message, I found your daughter Chachi in Lawrence. She's currently incarcerated at Framingham Women's Prison. She said, call me right now. I call the number, instantly starts yelling at me and crying. I haven't seen my daughter in seven years. We can't find the obituary. We don't know what happened. So throughout that stay in prison, her mom and her family in Chicago were raising money. Um, and we were raising money as well for Chachi. I asked Chachi back in jail, I'm like, you know, I got in touch with your mother. She instantly started started crying, wow. you know, I want to go back. I'm scared though. I feel like they don't love me. I know I've been doing heroin crack. I've been, I haven't been a mother to my son. So for those time being, they were raising the money. She got out, got an abscess on her arm, went to Shattuck Hospital. Finally came the day where they said we have the money raised. So what they said was a 22 hour train ride from South Station to Chicago, Illinois. So me and TMF decided to go to Walmart. We got a big teddy bear, a backpack, and a bunch of candy to, for, the, for the train ride. So we picked her up from the Shattuck Hospital, brought her to South Station, 22 hour train ride to Chicago. And the mom ended up calling me from Chicago said, I have someone who wants to talk to you and Chachi got on the phone and she just said you know thank you TMF thank you for never stopping I mean now she's actually you know working a full-time job she's currently sober and we still talk weekly that's, awesome. that's just showing that someone that was homeless prostituting herself on the street of Tremont is now working a full time job, you know, right in Chicago, Illinois, who started here. That person that we're passing every day on Broadway is like, there's still hope for that person. We can't just diminish them as mm-hmm. like they're not even human anymore. Right. So that's probably one of my favorite stories looking back at someone that I met that was homeless.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. According to the Massachusetts Coalition for Homelessness, um, their last estimate on January of 2017 that there are 17,565 homeless people in Massachusetts. That's 17,000 people who have nowhere to live. And, you know, one of, one of my criticisms of the local politicians is that, you know, especially when it's cold, we have all of these city buildings, whether it's Lawrence, Methuen, North Andover, right? You have all these city buildings, schools, libraries, city halls, that are, you're already paying for the heat. It's a mm. heated building anyway, right? You can't turn the heat off when the pipes break. I don't understand why they can't open up a basement in a school and use a classroom for a night. Um, and let homeless people for the winter sleep there. Yeah. And, you know, maybe, maybe hire a police officer to just kind of keep an eye on things to make sure that, you know, nobody's taking advantage of breaking things, stealing things. Um, but I could, ne- I could never understand why the resources are already there. It's not like we have to go looking for them. There are, there are empty school buildings at 2 o'clock in the morning in the middle of December when it's 2 degrees out that local officials, if they cared, could open that up and actually make just a tiny little bit of an effort to make that difference and they don't. And I see what you guys are doing and you're struggling so hard. You're trying so hard to get resources for these people, you're trying so hard to get additional volunteers, to get additional food and clothing and these other things. Um, Have you tried to work with any of the local governments to try and find a way for them to be able to help in a way that for them it's like two phone calls and, and it gets
2: done? Yeah, so honestly, we have not. Okay. Um, we have Dean Bruder, who is a drug and alcohol resource coordinator Methuen, who has a lot of connections. You know, he's been in the field for so long. Didn't he so just lose his son to addiction? He did, too? and he's pretty open about it. You know, yeah. he even said in the circle last night, you know, I lost my son to yeah. an overdose. So I think him being there, it helps him. Right. But I know he has a lot of connections. So he's been trying to reach out to programs. It's just getting it set in stone, right. you know, and not having just the person he's talking to on the other line just talk about it. You just need someone to actually, you know, step there- forward and try to... Make it happen.
0: There is nowhere this can't go. I mean, Mm -hmm. what you've built as a foundation here at the local level in the community, I'd love to see replicated all over the country. But there's, but there's nowhere you can't go with this because it continues to grow. You have, you have additional people, some of whom are wealthy, some of whom are very politically influential, who pitch in and help. Which makes it beautiful. Yeah, and and I see that there's nowhere this. I mean, you really you have a you have a horizon that just goes on forever now because. As, as it continues to grow, providing different services for people, trying to find a way, you very well could have touched on, whether on purpose or by accident, a possible long-term solution to the opioid crisis in general, the homelessness crisis in general. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about the magnitude of what you guys are doing?
2: Sometimes I honestly just sit at the car. I'll actually take a step back, and I'll just actually just observe. Because so I like to sit. Sometimes I'm always in the mix, you know, people talking to me, trying to make sure everything is organized just sometimes like i'll just really purposely sneak in the back and just look at what i'm watching and just see how beautiful it looks to see different backgrounds different people come together the smiles the laughs the pain the crying of people trying to express themselves and it's just it's taken a, a world of its own you know it's just people in general like i just want people out there in the world to know like we're all dealing with our own battles you know mm-hmm. whether you're homeless or not you know that's why i always tell people you know, my mom showed me this quote and she like cut it out and she put it on the fridge when i was a little kid and it's uh people might forget what you said and forget what you did but they'll never forget how you made them feel and it's true yeah, it's though true. the way someone makes you feel i just feel like you just never forget that in general
0: i for fun sit back when i go to the family dinners and watch how you interact with people i'm fascinated by you by the way oh thank and, you and uh, i almost kind of have like a little man crush on you cuz i'm watching <laughs> i'm watching and you have people that are like that a homeless I, there's a guy there that I know who's been in prison for like some pretty violent stuff and I watched him last night go over he, the minute he saw you his face lit up and you know, you guys locked eyes and you went over to say hi to him he gave you a big hug mm-hmm. and you guys stood there and you, and, and you talked and you laughed and you chatted for a little while and I thought wow like just wow like there's no other words that you can put to that hmm. you know you, the, the, the way that you, you're making these people feel most of them hate themselves one of the reasons that they're there is because they hate themselves mm-hmm. they're down on themselves like the woman that went to Chicago, her big thing was, um, you know, I, I was a terrible mother to my kid, guilty, and, guilty, yeah. you know, and, and they've got all of this guilt, they've got all of these emotions inside and they feel worthless. And I think you make them have a little bit of self-worth. And I always tell people, um, and you've probably heard me lecturing them when I'm down there. Listen, if, if, if people see that you're helping yourself... There's a ton of people that will pitch in and help you. Mm. If they see you're not helping yourself, that you're finding excuses, that you're blaming everybody around you, they're gonna just keep going. Mm. And I and I watch what you do, and you you seem to give people you and your volunteers seem to give people a sense of self-worth where they almost start to decide, like almost right there, yeah, I really do want to help myself. I really want to do better. I don't want to be on this path anymore.
2: Want to think in a different perspective, and I think the vision is the key. You know, just brainstorming an idea and just most people would be like that's crazy that's never going to happen but just trying to be like no why not though it's still why not mm-hmm. it's funny growing up I used to there was this movie I just saw I found it myself and it's actually pretty pretty popular it's uh, pay, pay it forward mm-hmm. and I'm sure everyone kind of knows that movie in general about a little boy who's in a school and the assignment is you know pay it forward to someone and he basically pays it forward and doesn't ask for anything in return he basically branches it out in a brainstorm of paying it forward to three people and then all you ask for those individuals is pay it forward to someone else. Right. And that's just for everyone in the world. People that follow you, people that come to the bus station, people just in society. Just pay it forward to someone. It can go a long way. Whether it's just even paying for a coffee behind someone at Dunkin's or paying someone at the toll booth. Like that little, little thing that you did for someone mm-hmm. could get them through a day. Not mm-hmm. a matter of, Not just a, just a day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Life can be tough for people. Yeah. But it's just the way we have to just treat people in general, which is key. Got a few more statistics I want to give people because I want this to be as, as educational as I can for our listeners.
0: <coughs> Excuse me. Um, we told you 17,565 people homeless in Massachusetts as of January 2017. 11,298 of those people are families with children. And I started wondering yesterday. We, for the first time, I saw a couple of kids hmm. uh, who were there. With homeless people, not kids that were there. With uh, I know you bring a lot of volunteers; they bring their kids. Yeah. There were a couple of people last night that were there who were homeless, uh, who had their, who had children with them. Mm. How do you tackle that
2: when you've got a little one? It's tough. It's just it's it's a. Uh, for, to be in an environment if you're at that age is just incredibly sad. Um, definitely want to help that person ASAP because I don't think any kid should be in the street. Mm-hmm. I know some TMF members actually bring a younger individual kid for them as well, just to open up their eyes, but be very cautious how they're interacting and mm-hmm. everything. So it's just because, um, yeah, most people, most places, you know, if there's a kid there, automatically, you know, if you're TMF, no way. Or if you're a homeless person, you know, I got to get them out of here. They can't be in this. But you know, the different age group races, it's it's a pretty diverse interaction with everybody. I'd like to franchise what you do. <laughs> I'd like to see someone franchise what you do because what you're doing
0: here, think if, if every major city in Massachusetts just start like with Mass, if Worcester and Boston and Holyoke and Springfield had a Michael Gorman, had a TMF movement, um, and we could franchise this and get it going in other communities, just imagine – the domino effect that that would, that that would have in those communities and the surrounding communities because we know that the crime in Lawrence spills over into Methuen, Andover, North Andover. Mm. And and if we had that, uh, is that something you've thought about? Is that something that you, that you guys, as you're growing, think, you know, boy, if we could just take this and replicate this in other communities, just think of the... Think of the long-term solutions you guys would be coming so up
2: with. So it's funny, um, you know, it has kind of exploded with people finding out about it. We've actually received some messages from uh, Dorchester, Roxbury. Um, actually, one message is from New York City. Like, do you guys plan on, like, you know, starting something out here? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're still trying to build our foundation, actually, sure. in Lawrence. And I feel like it's key. You can't take too much if you're not building yeah, Everybody the wants to
0: pull you, but you're still building, right? It's still
2: trying to just build it so, you know, you feel comfortable where you can actually, you know, try to – in different areas, but just to think that you know, there's people in different cities who are viewing it, who want it in their own city because they're seeing it right in their backyard. Yeah, a domino effect. Like I just think anything's possible in life. Right. So you know, if you know, have someone in the community over there is willing to start something, and people us over here support them. Like, why can't there be a change in this world?
0: So I know that there's a lot of people watching, a lot of people listening. How many people got watching on Facebook Pro? Let me see what we got here. I'll get a few. Um, we're gonna have a lot of people downloading and listening to the audio of this. So let me ask you this: There are a lot of people who randomly show up at my office with bags of stuff. They want to help. They're not sure how they can help, but they know I'm helping, so they drop it off at my office, and I become like you know the, the repository for like homeless <laughs> stuff. Somehow, right? This right-wing Tea Party guy ends up doing this. Um, but if there's if there's people out there listening that say, you know, I've really learned something listening to this show. I'd like to do something like that, or I want to help what you guys are doing. How do they get in touch with you? How do they? How do they? Um, how do they pitch in? How do they help? How do they do something? Uh, a lot a lot of people out there with good hearts. And, oh, of course. And, and they really want to do something, but they don't know how.
2: But that's the big piece to this. I feel like that's another frosting on the cake right there. You got the homeless, the TMF. But you also – like, that helps people in their families, homes, you know, living with the husband and kids. For them wanting to donate clothes or make a meal, like, that's important for them. That makes them feel good. Mm-hmm. So I feel – you know, I know Sam's actually starting – he's going to have a spot where he can actually drop donations off. It's going to be in Haver, which will be huge for us. Yeah, he a storage unit in Yeah, Haverhill. he does, a storage unit, which, will be you know, you could drop off donations there. If not, we've been picking up donations. And number three, if someone just wants to observe or drop something off at the bus station, more than welcome. Because you want to build in different areas. It's not just – you know, I want those people that are donating to feel good about themselves and also feel like they're making a difference in the community mm-hmm. who then they can tell their friends. You know, just make the world a better place in general. The How world- do they get in
0: touch with you? Do you have a, a website? Do you have uh some place people can go online to learn more about you if they're interested, if they've heard this podcast or even part of it? And said, yeah, this is something that I want to help out with, even just a little bit.
2: So we actually, on Facebook, um, The Movement Family, we have a Facebook page right there. And we actually post on there. If not, I do post a lot on my, you know, personal page about, you know, the dinners in general. Um, That's Michael Gorman, TMF. But yeah, the movement family on on Facebook. You can definitely reach out to us by there. I know we get quite a few messages about how how can we help, and uh, that's important. Then number two, if anyone out there you know has you know a younger adult, a younger kid who wants to come to a TMF meeting, you know that's every Monday, six to eight p.m. in Methuen at the old Central Building on Ten Ditson Place. So if anyone, I'm not
0: familiar with that. Where about is that? That's
2: um near PMA or basically right across the street got the baseball field it's the brick building right there so that's where we kind of call it the escape room for Mm -hmm. anybody it could be a 30 year old a 15 year old who just wants to come and basically just work together how we can make the world a better place if you remind me when
0: that is like right, like the day before I'll get it on my
2: schedule I'll be happy that would be great we'd love to have you I know everyone kind of knows who you are now you know you've you've made quite a few appearances at the bus station and you've helped us out tremendously in reaching out to the community so big thank you you know to you in general because you know, you came out of nowhere to the bus station, and now you know we look at you as family as well. So I we're very, very that. grateful.
0: I appreciate that. Um, we've only got about a minute left, so can you uh, can you give people something to think about at the end of the show uh, about what maybe maybe they're listening in Kansas? We have a lot of people listeners from all over the country, you know, because it's just a podcast, right? It's not just local. Um, can you just give p- people an idea of what they can do to help in their local community if they're not local? If there's something that they want to do. Uh, maybe they might want to replicate it or do something a little bit different. Um,
2: how do they start doing that? How do, how, how can they help? I think you got to change your mindset a little bit, number one, before you can even interact. Just how I kind of explained to you before I even want to interact with a homeless person in Lawrence, I decided to study the streets and take a notebook. I think you can just even go to a coffee shop and just observe people about how, you know, someone's sitting alone over here and just be kind to someone. It all starts with that, the kindness. Just pay it forward and be kind. From there, and you start to learn about people and how they react to how you treat them. Then you can, you know, slowly dig into maybe let's do something for the homeless. Let me, uh, once what we decided to do, anyone out there, you know, we decided to go to an elderly place and ask for 10 people at, um, forget where we were in Lawrence who haven't had visitors in the last 10 years for an elderly person so we chose 10 people in that elderly um, facility and we basically gave them flowers and we sat, sat in the room with them for basically 20 minutes each person just to talk to an elderly person who gets no visitors no family left right. and that's important to them so you could do anything think outside the box where it might it could be a, a, a veteran you know someone who's dealing with depression a hospice anything in general think about different populations who struggle and make a difference that way.
0: Listen, Michael Gorman from the Movement family, you're a pretty amazing guy. And um, I, I can't say wow enough. Like every time you tell me something, I say wow again. Uh, I give, give you a lot of credit, and uh, you've got a lot of volunteers who also deserve credit. I know you're the face of it, but there's an awful lot of people behind you. Wouldn't
2: be without them. That,
0: that, that make this work. and be the puzzle. And, um, and, and you're doing the work of the angels, you know. I'm going to say it again. I probably said it 15 times during the show. While other people are having meetings, you're doing stuff. And hopefully you're going to inspire other people to actually do stuff, get off their ass, stop having meetings, go out into in the community and do something to help. Never give them money though, that's for sure. Mm. Um, could, would you come back? Would you come, I was thinking about maybe having a panel discussion with maybe Carrie from House of Mercy and Karina from Daybreak.
2: Yeah, that would be great. Uh, I would and maybe, love that. Maybe,
0: maybe putting our heads together and trying to figure out how we can you know, pool our resources and bring this to another level because, boy, if you could take what you're doing and you could, you could spin this up and, and, uh, and bring it to another level, I think really long-term solutions that no no politician can find
2: mm, yeah that'd be great i would definitely love that and thank you again for having me on the show Appreciate you're welcome it. man thanks so All much right, for being God. here
0: thank you very much everybody for coming we want to remind everybody that kim needs a kidney uh our friend kim uh, anderson needs a kidney and uh you can contact her if you know anybody who might be interested at kimkidney1960 at gmail.com kimkidney1960 at gmail.com i want to thank michael gorman for being our guest today. I think this is one of our most educational shows that we've had since we've started the podcast back. Um, it'd be great if I could get rid of this cough, though. Um, and, uh, and if you'd like to help uh, and, you, and you missed all the stuff that he said about how you can reach him, you can always reach me and I'll pass your information along to Michael. Thanks again for coming. I want to thank Ed for being our producer. And of course, in the studio today, the big guy, Mike Garofalo, uh, who's here. Uh, running running the show from behind the scenes with his big cigar, so <laughs> thank you for that. Everybody, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week with Paul Marano on Paying Attention.